Well, we're in the Meet Jesus series still, and we're here, a meal fit for a king. What would you serve if you were going to serve the king of kings, the one who created all food, uh, the one who's made everything, uh, the fire that you'll cook by, the, the instruments you'll use? He made everything. What would you cook him? We'd cook him fried chicken, wouldn't we, right? Uh, we, we know exactly what we'd cook here in the South. Uh, he would like our food. But you think of Mary, Martha. Martha was the busy one working in the, in the kitchen. What did they prepare for a, a meal for a king? I was looking up some expensive meals, and I looked at different places. And in New York, there's a place that you can actually spend $5,000 for one hamburger and a bottle of wine and some mushrooms. And y'all know where mushrooms grow, right? So you go spend $5,000 for one burger, a bottle of wine, and some mushrooms. Some expensive mushrooms. That, 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 that. Um, could you imagine if you were going to pay, anybody pay that price for a burger? I'm going to five guys and saving a few, little bit of cash, right? Well, I want you to see today, this, there's an expensive portion of this, of this story that we look at, and we see God's hand in all of it. And I want to encourage you, if you get to the place of going, this is ridiculous, I'm with Judas, uh, you're in bad company, okay? Sometimes we don't want to give the expensive stuff to the Lord. We talked about, somebody was saying, well, pastor, other people need to join and help cut grass here at the church. We voted some years ago to do our own grass. And I said this, if your grass at your house looks better than the grass at the church house, something's wrong with you. Amen? Or if you amen that, you need to be up here cutting grass on Saturday or join us. See Mr. Derek, Derek, stand up. See Mr. Derek right after church, and then you can get yourself strapped to a weed eater, a lawnmower, or a weed trimmer. Thankful for the team that was here this past week. They, there's men in our church, and uh, Mackenzie does it occasionally when she has opportunity that help and keep this place in shape. There's people, men and women, who keep it inside to keep it in, in order. And all of us have our part. Some of us just come. I shouldn't say some of us. Some of y'all just come and just enjoy it. Because I'm, I'm cleaning toilets as well, and I'm cutting grass. Why? Not because I have to. It's because it's the glory of the Lord. I sing a praise song every time I swirl a toilet, right? It's as unto the Lord, everything that we do. Now, you'll see here Mary and Martha and Lazarus, and you're going to sing some others. They, they actually had an opportunity to sit before the Lord, and they gave something away. Well, let's read in the passage. Go to John chapter 12, and I gave you some other scriptures and if you're a deep study, you want to study deeper, John 12, verses 1 through 11 is what we'll see today. I gave you Matthew 26, 13, I mean, 3 through 13. You can really can go 6 through 13. And Mark 14, 3 through 9. Matthew and Mark tell of a story of Jesus being anointed. Now, I'm of the, of the group believing that Jesus was anointed three times by three different women. There's three different occasions, if you look at the time frame, and three different houses, or three different places it looks like, but... Uh, it's not worth fighting over. Was Jesus anointed? The answer is yes. Was it Mary that did it? Well, for sure here in this chapter, right? And then she's not identified. The woman's not identified in the other two passages. Let me give you another passage. I didn't put this in your notes because I didn't want you to be really confused because this actually, this anointing happens at Simon the Pharisee's house, not Simon the leper. And it happens almost a year before Jesus goes to the cross. Luke 7 39 through 50. So if you're taking notes, you want to go read those four stories. The Gospels have all four accounts, but only Matthew and Mark tie the two together. The, they're synonymous uh, in the exact story. Only in uh, John do we have Lazarus at this one. And so we believe we're at Mary, Martha, and Lazarus' home in Bethany. 
But uh, again, we'll find out when we get to heaven, okay? So if I'm wrong, just say, Pastor, you can tell me in heaven, right? You won't tell me in heaven because we'll be perfect then. Let's read together. John chapter 12, let's look at this expensive, a meal fit for a king. And then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, who, he, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, the King James and New King James says, or yours might just say pure nard, and we'll talk about it in just a moment, anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. One of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not because he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box, and he used to take what was put in it. But Jesus said, Let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always, but me you do not have always. Now a great, verse 9, Now a great many of the Jews knew that he was there, and they came, not for Jesus' sake only, but they might also see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priests plotted to put Lazarus to death also, because on the account of him, many of the Jews, many of the Jews, many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. Don't miss that, because that's very important for our study as we look into the Word of God today. So we won't look into those other passages, but I want us to focus here on John 12, verses 1 through 11. You see the time? Six days before Passover, Jesus went to his friend's house in the town of Bethany. I shared this with you last week. If you have notes, as you recall, Bethany means what? Beth means house or house of? Any. Bethany means house of affliction or house of poverty. If you do a Wikipedia search, it'll say house of figs. It'll have something, some reference to uh, the affliction that's found in that area. Within the walls of this small home, the king of all glory is anointed for his death with an unbelievably valuable perfume. You're going to see this. Spikenard. Now look up Spikenard. If you do a search on Spikenard, you can do some uh, Bible dictionaries. Spikenard is this. It's our pure nard. It depends on what your translation says. This is the gold standard for marriage. This was the gold standard, if you will, the high standard that people could actually buy this perfume. Now the perfume, I just tracked the perfume. Here's where it came from. It comes from the mountains, from a flower, a root of a flower in Nepal or China, on the, in the Himalayas. So this spikenard that she had, this poor Jewish young lady, had to start in Nepal or China, in the mountains of the Himalayas, travel through Pakistan, Afghanistan, Iran, Iraq, and then to Bethany. Almost a 3,000-mile journey on a donkey's back or a camel's back. Now, that would be expensive for us today, wouldn't it? That's modern-day Afghanistan. I made, made it in modern terms. That would be very expensive for us to actually pay someone to ship that to us, wouldn't it? So you'd have to pay for it to have shipping. Well, I went and looked. Saw, how many of you guys actually, actually smoke out, I don't know what it's called, um, essential oils? Anybody do that? My, my daughter-in-law does it. You walk in, and there's, there's smell in the house. Anybody else do it? Raise your hand if you do it. All right. So this is your biblical text for using essential oils, okay? That's exactly what this is. So let me, let me tell you this. If you want to buy organic spikenard, I looked it up on some organic webpage that, uh, just for fun. Organic spikenard is on sale right now. It's essential oil. It's $3,966.99 for a pound. 
So is it still expensive? Still is expensive for us today. And it's on sale right now, just for the record, $2,996.99 per pound. Just It's 24% reduction uh, there in, uh, in, in on sale. So would it be expensive for you and I if we had to go buy this? We have a wedding coming up in October. Would it be expensive for me to go buy a spike nerd? Yeah, I'm buying the bootleg version, just for the record. I'm not paying... for my daughter's uh, wedding, not for essential oils. But those of you that have essential oils, this is, y'all know the smell that it puts off, and and this is actually thought to be uh, medicinal also. There was actually medical purposes. They would use it. They would use it as rubbing compounds. It would help ailments. Still used that way today. But this was what uh, Mary had before Jesus. Well, look at your notes if you see. The Bible is clear when this supper took place and who was in attendance. It even says where it was. So, who was the main character, if you will? The main character of the meal was whom? Jesus the King, the King of Kings. Hold your place. I want you to actually, we're going to do a little bit of time travel, a little bit of uh, paper travel. Go to Revelation 17. Revelation 17. And y'all know Genesis 1-1, so I'll reference that for you. The Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's what it says in Genesis 1-1. John 1-1 says, in the beginning was the Word, that's Jesus, the Word was with God, And the Word was God. Anything that was made was not made unless He made it. So we understand who is the Creator God from Genesis 1. His name is Jesus. Genesis 1-1, John 1-1. And now we look and see just for record, as God opens the Bible, there's Jesus. And He was before the beginning. And as as God closes the Bible, there is Jesus. Look at John, I mean Revelation 17. If you would, Revelation 17, beginning of verse 14. And there, say amen. And then you can read the rest of this on your own, but I just want you to see. These will make war with the Lamb, that's Jesus, and the Lamb will overcome them, for He is Lord of lords and King of kings, and those who are with Him are called chosen and faithful. Who is He? He's the Lord of lords and the King of kings. Now go over, if you would, just, mine's just one page over, yours might be one or two. Chapter 19, chapter 19 of Revelation, beginning in verse 11. 1911, watch John as he speaks to us and he's telling us, he's giving us his vision. I want you to see who Mary was anointing that day there in Bethany. Now I saw heaven open and behold a white horse and he who sat on him was called faithful and true and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire and his his head were many crowns. He had a name that was written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that is, that with it he should strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, which is what? King of kings. And Lord of Lords to the glory of God. You can continue to read, obviously, and see this is the God that we're talking about. This is their guest at the table as they reclined there at the table, or the table would be in front of them. Could you imagine having supper with Jesus? You're sitting with the Creator God and you're preparing His meal. Now, Martha is in the kitchen because we know Martha's always in the kitchen and she works, but Martha likes to complain. If we go back and look, right? Jesus, tell my sister Mary, who's not doing anything, to come help me. And what did Jesus say? Mary has chosen the good thing to be here among me, to listen to the word of God, to hear the truth. So we got this very expensive perfume, this spikenard, 
We've got this very expensive, or if you will, proper king of kings, lord of lords, sitting at the table. And you all know what the uh, name Messiah, king of kings, when it references king, that's the same for the Jew when they said Messiah. They meant this is our king who comes. That's why Pilate put on his cross. Jesus, right? What they call him? King of the Jews. And the Pharisee says, don't say king of the Jews. Say he said he was king of the Jews. And Pilate said, it is written because God cannot ever deny himself. Amen? So he was king of the Jews. He was the Messiah. That's what the Jewish person, when they would say, we're looking for our, to our Messiah, they would actually be saying, our Savior, our King. And by the way, if you know what it means, if you look at the, the word there, it means, the Messiah means anointed one. So don't you think the anointed one was anointed by God the Father, for sure. But even so, physically, he is anointed for his burial here by Mary. In other places, if you look at Luke 7, and in Matthew 26 and Mark 14, he was anointed. I believe three different times he was anointed. Well, God, look at your notes. God wanted us to know Lazarus was there and he was eating. What does that have to do with the price of beans in China? Why would God say that? Because he wanted to show you and I something. This is the same Lazarus Jesus raised from the dead. I put it in your notes. I know it's elementary. If you're eating, you are alive. Amen? If you're eating with your mouth, you are alive. And so what happens is you say, well, that's elementary, Pastor. If there was a man who we just did their funeral for last week, and he's up here going to have dinner at, at Town Creek Baptist Church this afternoon after church, how many people you think in town, after it hit the obituaries last week, would come up here and want to just have a look at him? Why would you want to be around that man? You know he was a righteous man just by his life. We know this, right? Because Jesus hung out with him on a regular basis. But why would you want to go talk to that man? Come on, what's the real reason? What would you want to go see him for? Because all of us would be like this. What would we say? What's it like? Did you, what, what's it like on the other side? And I started th processing through what would I ask him. And I'm like, Lazarus, I wonder what stories he told, right? Man, I was in heaven, right? Now, Paul says he went to the third heaven. I know a man, he says, right? Whether in the body or in the spirit, I know a man that went to the third heaven. And Paul, we believe, we believe, now you can come up with your own beliefs, but the thorn in his flesh, we believe, was his eyesight. And did he get to see when he was in heaven? Because Paul says there were sounds I couldn't repeat, not things I couldn't see, couldn't repeat. I don't know if God left him blind when he got to heaven, but he couldn't repeat the sounds because not only no man could utter them. We don't have any record of Lazarus recording anything that he saw in heaven. And I started processing through, and I said, wait, what was there to actually see? Yeah, that's Elijah and Moses. It's nice seeing them, but, but who, who do you want to see when you get to heaven? Who do you want to see? Jesus. Where is he at this time? He's on earth. God the Father is spirit. Those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. That's what Jesus told us. God the Holy Spirit is Holy Spirit, so he's invisible as well. So when Lazarus got to heaven, who's he going to see? Just the saints, because Jesus is on earth. And Jesus, as long as he was in this body, the, his physical body, he could only be at one place at one time. So where would Lazarus rather be? What would you rather be? In heaven without Jesus or on earth with Jesus? That's a hard one, isn't it? But I started processing through like, he didn't have anything to see. Hey, Moses, I read your story already. Noah, I, I heard about the, the boat, man. Where's Jesus? Well, he's not here yet. He's still doing his thing on earth. Well, I want to see Jesus. Lazarus! Come forth, right? 
So when he came back, do you think Lazarus was in a happy countenance when he came back? I'm sure he didn't want to leave heaven, but he's getting a recline at the table, or if you will, on the floor with Jesus. Wherever Jesus is, that's where I want to be. Amen? So heaven without Jesus, useless. I don't want to go, right? I'm sure it's nice, but without Jesus, I don't want to go. And I don't have to worry about that because we know that the Bible says he is seated at the right hand of the Father. Amen? When we see him, we'll know him as he's known. We'll be known as we're known. Hey, what a joyful day it's going to be when we all get to heaven. Y'all ever sing that when we were kids? Anybody ever sing that song? Did you ever rear back like this and sing it? We never used to sing it. We used to rear back and sing it. When we all, right, we, we lay all, we try to moan it out, get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus, right? That's our focus is we want to see the King of Kings. We want to see the Lord of Lords. Just like the Jews expected Jesus to be their king, we know that he is our king because we've accepted him as our personal Lord and Savior. Well, let's continue in your notes if you look and see. Mary heard Jesus. That sounds elementary, doesn't it? She heard him when he raised her brother from the grave. She trusted him. You said, what, what did he say? Do you think Mary and Martha had conversations about Lazarus coming back? I'm sure they, had, they, were, they were not married. We don't have any record of them married. So there was no way a woman could actually make a living during this culture unless she had a side business and she had help. The covering, the male was a covering for the, for the women. The husband was a covering for the wife. Do you see where our Old Testament, I mean, the Old Testament and New Testament, even today the husband must love the wife as Christ loved the church, according to Ephesians 5. And then the wife should graciously submit to her husband as unto the Lord. Do you see where that comes from? Because the two of us working together, God produces a family. It is God's way. When we do it God's way, what do we get, church? God results every single time. Now, in our culture today, so many people want to say, well, my God, my God. And, and as soon as somebody says that, be on the alert. I like to say the God of the Bible says, right? He is my father, right? He's not just my God. He's my father. He's the God of the Bible. So make sure when someone speaks to you, they don't just give you their opinion about their God. Because a lot of people are creating a lot of false gods. And Jesus said, beware. There's a lot of people on the broad way. Only a few are on the narrow. We had a discussion this week in Bible class with the students. Are there more people in hell or more people in heaven at the end of time? There's a lot more people in hell. There's a lot of religious people in hell. A lot of denominationally focused people in hell than there are in heaven. Why? Because Jesus said many are on the broad way that leads to the path of destruction. Many are the words of Jesus. Few are the ones that find the path to righteousness. Few and many. Few and many. That's why you should always check yourself that you're in the faith. That's why you need to know that you know that you know that you're a Christian. You can't say, I'm a Christian too, and live like the devil. You can't live opposed to the Lord Jesus Christ and say, I belong to him too. Don't you judge me, Pastor. The Bible says, judge not, lest you be judged by the same measure by which you judge. What is our judgment measure? Our judgment measure is not this pastor. If you quote me, and, and I could be misquoted. I was in a paper just uh, last week. If anybody read that article, I did not say we serve the same God. Y'all read the quote from the article? I, my wife, I told Melinda, I said, should I just tell the congregation a national day of prayer? I was misquoted uh, grossly, all right? I don't know how that, that's a new word, all right? Grossly. We serve only one God. Let me be clear in case Aiken Sander picks up today. We serve only one God, and his name is Jesus Christ. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through him. 
every Muslim, every unbeliever, every Baptist, every Methodist who does not profess Jesus Christ as Lord will go straight to hell when they die. Okay? Is that clear enough? According to what the Scripture says. That's not out of anger or frustration. That's out of truth from the Word of God. Because we love Him, we love His Word, and we want to do it His way. You say, well, that offends me. Well, good. I was offended grossly before I became a Christian. Because I could justify anything, and so can you. So can every child. Why did you do that? Why did you steal that? Why did you say that? Well, I just ends up I wanted to. Right? You ever had your children tell you, what did you do that for? I don't know. And my answer is, only you and God know. Right? So say I don't know again, you're going to get a spanking if they're my children. Or say I don't know again, and what's going to happen is you're going to be in trouble here at school. Don't say I don't know. Because only you and God know. Well, watch Mary. Here's what they're doing. While they ate, Mary took a pound of expensive perfume. Again, it's on sale for $2,996.99 today. But this was a year's wages, y'all. Could you imagine? Whatever your year's wages, you say, well, that, that, aren't you glad God didn't tell us? It says 300 denarii, which is a day's wage. How many people try to go and make equivalents to today? What was that? 50,000, 30,000, 25,000? It doesn't matter for them. It was a year's wage. She had collected it from all over that foreign countries. How did she buy it? Did she buy it in bulk? Did she buy it at Sam's? You know, what was, it? what was the deal? She had to buy it. It cost her something extra special. This was her dowry, maybe. But I believe, you'll see in my notes, that I believe this was the family's treasure. It was something very expensive that everybody wanted one of these or some of this. You'll even see the results whenever we read the word again. Go back to the scripture. Mary took this pound of expensive perfume and anointed Jesus for his burial. The fragrance was penetrating. The cost was astronomical. It was great. Do you know what the name Christ means? Do you remember what the name Messiah means? Messiah means what? The anointed one. You know what the name Christ means in Greek? The anointed one. Isn't that amazing? And what was she doing? Anointing the anointed one. She was preparing him for his death. God does not waste words in Scripture. Well, Mary anointed Jesus with what could be potentially been the family's life savings. This was their emergency fund. Now they had to rely on Jesus for everything. So what happened when you give out the best that you got to the Lord? So many people in our culture today like, I just, Pastor, I just can't because I just can't give because my bills are so high. Well, you got yourself in debt. Sell some things, get rid of some stuff, downsize your house. Move into an apartment. Do something different because there's always things that God calls us to do because God wants us to give to Him. Now, you say, well, that's just a pastor's plea for giving more to the church. No, giving's up in the church. Is it not, Derek? Uh, Derek and Arlene see it on a regular basis. Giving's up. We bless the Lord for giving, but here's the deal. You don't give to me or to the church. You give to the Lord. Every time that you write a check or you make a debit gift or whatever, whatever how you do it, I don't even know how all the different ways we do it, online or different ways. I don't care. I don't get into that. I don't care what you give. All I care about is what me and my wife give as unto the Lord, right? Because I'm responsible for me and, and her together. We're, we're, we're a team. But your giving is as unto the Lord. You say, well, I can't give. Something's wrong because you dress pretty nice today, Right? You got some nice cars. Go out and look in the parking lot. I guarantee you there's probably about, mm, my guess is about $10 million worth of cars in that parking lot. I'm just guessing. It's not that high. But this is a $10 million building, right? 
How much do you think is in the car? Probably go out. When y'all walk out there, look at everybody's car. You say, well, my raggedy old car. Well, join the crowd. I got 260,000 miles on a Betty White sitting out there, my little Honda CRV. So I'm not judging. I'm just saying. Sometimes you can downsize and buy yourself a used car, right? And I see those of you that are looking at the ground. It's because you're the ones that aren't giving. It's, it's not for us. Listen, the t- Town Creek Baptist Church is in good shape. Derek, are we in good shape? Today we are. I don't know what tomorrow brings. But you know what? Town Creek Baptist Church is not my church. This is the Lord's church. He's the head of the church. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. You hear preachers and other people stra- strain over giving. Not one out of it. We've been, haven't we, Richard? We've been to the place. We were dragging, towing bottom, right, Martin? We were, we were praying, oh, dear Lord, we got 50 cents left in the bank account. Not because we didn't trust God. Why is it? Because we wanted to give him our best, and we had this place we felt like he gave us people years ago, 1859, when we were founded. 1859, y'all. Lincoln was assassinated in 1865, if that puts any reference to it. That's when we were founded. Faithful people continued to give throughout all the years that the Lord's work might go forth. That well in Kenya was not just put there so that people could drink fresh water. That well was put there so we could preach about the living water that's found only in Jesus Christ. He is the living water. That's why we gave. And you say, well, I didn't get a chance to give to the well. If you give to the Lord's work here now, you're still giving to the well because we're ministering day by day all around the world. COVID tried to stop us, right? The devil tried to stop us. He can't stop us when people live there. We just transfer money there and send it on. I'm working in northern Kenya right now. We're going to be working together there with Stakewell, who's preached here. Their people are dying every day because there's no water. Guess what's time for? They need another well in northern Kenya, up near Tanzania. It's a very dangerous place. We're going to go there as soon as the, all the doors open back up. We're going back to that place. Anybody want to go to the worst place on the planet? About 115 degrees. People don't like Jesus. Yeah, there's no food. You'll see kids dying on a daily basis. It'll make you sick to your stomach when we see how much we have. We spend more on our dog food than those kids have annually for food. God forbid. We've got our priorities out of order. Mary didn't. She took what was the most expensive thing that she had, and she's like, she had to make a decision. As soon as she broke it, it was done. She had to anoint. And she breaks it, and she anoints the feet of Jesus and she cleans his feet with her hair. And the smell, can you imagine? I, I was going to try to have some smell, but I didn't want to have anybody have an allergic reaction today. Let smell go through the building because that sweet aroma of this, of this perfume. And what you see what happened, Mary was criticized by those in attendance. Go back and look. Look and see what happens. What did Judas say? Sorry, rascal, right? Look at verse 4, how it's described. But one of his disciples. This is a follower of Jesus. This is somebody who's been with him for quite some time. How should he respond? Did he know that Jesus was in charge? He had to because he saw demons cast out. He even saw, he was there when he saw Lazarus came from the grave. He's sitting at the doggone table with Lazarus who got, uh, Jesus raised from the dead. Did he know the power of God was in this man? So he knew what was right and what was wrong. He knew this. And yet he's there thinking, I could have sold that, right? I could have made myself 50 grand real quick. Because he was a thief. He didn't care about the poor. What's this? Continue to read. Look what he says in verse 4. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, in case you didn't know who it was, it's Simon's son, right? Who would betray him. 
And some people say, Pastor, we shouldn't call people out in church. Listen, if you're going to live like the devil, we're going to call your name. Amen? You can't call yourself a Christian and actually come to this place and cause trouble. If you cause, act like a fool, you want to sin like the devil, we're going to call your name out and send you through church discipline. We're not going to have it at Town Creek Baptist Church. Well, Pastor, where I come from, people, people esteem me. Well, I, two options. Go back there or change. Amen? We want your heart to change. We want you to be like Jesus. That's what we want. More and more like Jesus is what we want from all of us. Lord, change our hearts or change our location. I did Janet's funeral yesterday. Janet Meeker did her funeral yesterday, her memorial service. And I looked through her Bible and it said, change your heart or change your location, Lord. And I'm like, where did she get that from? She sat in front in the spit zone right up front all the time where I would preach. But Mary was criticized by those in attendance. But look, Jesus defended Mary and then commended her for her gift and service. Is she, did Mary hear well done, that good and faithful servant, when she got to heaven? Because you, you think Mary was on fire? She said, everything I have, y'all, we can't, we can't fathom this. Your house, your car, everything I have, I'm putting into my relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm giving him everything. Here's the beautiful thing. And then Mary died of starvation a week after. Did you know that? No, the Bible didn't say that. Will our God let you die of starvation if you give him everything this week? Is he going to let you die next week? Now, it might be your time. Your calendar might be on his calendar, right? Your time. That might be your time next week. But is God, of the creator of all the universe, going to let you starve to death because you made a big gift to the church? What happens when big gifts are given a lot of times? Let's put a plaque on the pew. I mean, that's a Smith's gift. The Smith's gave that one. You ever been in those churches? Who y'all, y'all been in churches? I hate going to visiting churches. I can't stand it. Stained glass windows have all the names of who gave this one, right? It, usually when you see a plaque, that means that's the, most, that's the biggest devils in the church, right? They won't give to the Lord's work, but they'll give something to put their family name on the window or on a pew. I always ask God, please don't let me go to a small white country church with all the names are on the pews because I will kill some people, Lord, and I don't want to go to prison and have a prison ministry. Y'all ever, how many of y'all been to a church with all the names on the pew? All right, the end. All right, y'all know what I'm talking about. If you haven't been, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for that reference. And God sent me to Town Creek. There's no names on the pews. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus defended Mary and then committed her for a gift. Y'all, listen, can I go to Ephesians real quick? Ephesians chapter 5. Was it hard for Mary to give up this, this gift to Jesus? Did she have to think about it? Yeah, she had to think about it. She had to ponder. She saw Jesus for probably the last three years. She heard him say, I am the resurrection. I am the life. She heard everything that he said. She sat under his teaching. She got the good stuff from Jesus. So something in her head process saying, listen, if he's going, if Passover's coming up, and he talked about dying for all men's sins, something in her heart had to go and say, I'm going to go. I have nothing. I got, we got food. We're going to give him food. But we're gonna get, I'm taking the most expensive thing our family has, and I'm going to offer it to him. What do you think Martha thought? Y'all, Martha was, you know, she was probably a firstborn. She was in control. Her name's mentioned first, right? But we don't know. What did Lazarus think? I don't care. I've already been to heaven. You know what? I'm going again. They fully trusted that Jesus was who he said he was. How about you and I today? Watch what Paul says. Paul, Paul sprinkles this on. He adds a little bit, and then he gives us instruction. You say, well, how can I give today? Is God telling you to go home and empty your bank account and give it to Town Creek Baptist Church? The answer is absolutely not. Okay? Unless he is. Now, if he does that, I'm, I don't ever stand in the way of God. 
But let me tell you, every time God puts a challenge before your heart, it will cost you something. And everybody around you will try to do their best to criticize you or say, don't do that, because if you do that, listen, nobody does that. All they're going to do is misuse that or do this. Don't, you turn, listen, get your tune dialed right to the Lord Jesus Christ and listen what the Spirit of God says to you. Whatever he says. So when someone usually has a big gift, they want to give something, we're like, no, 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 please. We know that you, 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 you can't do that. The widow who gave two mites, that was everything she had. What did, God, what did Jesus say? She's blessed. He didn't say, no, don't give that, sweetheart. Listen, go get yourself some bread. You can die next week. Is that what he said? No, he said she's blessed. She's given more than everybody in the whole place. It's ringing the bucket with all the money. She gave the most. She gave everything. And then the Lord turns to my crown. We know that when you give to the Lord, what does he do? You give him an ounce, he's going to dump you a pound, right? You give him a truck load, he's going to back up the dump truck load. You can never outgive the God that we serve, the God of the Bible. You never, ever, not in service, not in money, not in giving, not in, in nothing. You can never outgive God. Ephesians 5, Paul writes this. Ephesians 5, beginning in verse 1. Therefore be imitators of God, dear children, and walk in love as Christ also loved us and have given himself for us an offering, a sacrifice to God for what? What is this? Here's this word. Sweet-smelling aroma. How does he want you to live? Like your fragranced with heaven. But watch, he tells us how to do this. How do we, you say, well, Pastor, how do we actually, how, where's the application to this whole thing of Mary? Where's the application? Because we don't use spike dirt anymore. We don't go and use these heavy perfumes anymore, right? Here, watch how Paul writes it up. He's going to get tough, so just go ahead and strap in and you can have a fat lip if you want to when this is all over. But this is God speaking through Paul. Watch. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness. Let it not be named among you as fitting for saints. We're saints as Christians. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, that's those nasty jokes, which are not fitting, but rather give, giving of thanks. Verse 5, For this you know, that no fornicator, no unclean person, no covetous man who is an adulterer has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. And then he goes back and does a quick glance backwards and then forwards. But you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Say that with me. Walk as children of the light. That's how you have this fragrant offering before the Lord and before people. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Verse 11, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose the darkness. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. You want to continue to read? You can continue to read and see how you're supposed to live. You want to know how to run your marriage, how your marriage is supposed to be? You go through and you'll see a biblical copy of marriage. You want to know how your children should act? Go to the next chapter and see Ephesians 6, how children should obey their parents. You want to see how parents should actually parent their children? Continue to read. The Lord has given us a book, but whereby we must live this life. Some people say, I don't like it. That's the good thing about being a preacher. I just close the Bible and say, amen, the Lord said so. 
all of us have to make adjustments every single day when we read something in the Word saying, oh, I don't like that. I'm, I'm guilty of that. And the Lord says, fix it because I said so. If you do it God's way, what happens, church? God's results. Well, let's finish this. These old chief priests, these were the religious bunch. This is the guys who were supposed to be the ones in charge. Instead of living for the glory of God, these chief priests plotted murder. They planned to murder of the murder of Lazarus and the murder of Jesus. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Jesus just brought this man back from the dead, and they're planning ways how to kill him. Does that excite you? And Lazarus was laying around. He wasn't like he was running and hiding from him. He was sitting at the table with Jesus. Because we've got Jesus sitting beside you at the table. What do you have to fear? Amen? What can man do to me, the word says, right? Who do we fear? The Lord Jesus Christ. No matter what you're going through today, if you've got Jesus with you, listen, he'll carry you through. You say, Pastor, I know people have been killed. Where are they today? Absent from the body, present with the Lord Jesus. It don't get any better than the way it is right here, right now, being a Christian. And finally, the hard part for these guys, Matthew, many of the Jews believed in Jesus as their Messiah as their king. Can I go through and make, and I told you students this week, Matthew 7, can we finish with this? Let me just read this to you. Matthew 7, verse 15. You can read all of it. I would encourage you to read the whole chapter. This is the scariest chapter in all of the Bible to me. If you're, not a, if you're just a religious person and not a Christian. You think you're fooling God, you're thinking you're getting away with it, you're not. He sees everything. The Bible says he never sleeps, he never slumbers. 7.15, when you there, say amen. Jesus says this, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. And then he asks a silly question, but this is Jesus. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes? The answer is no. Or figs from thistles? The answer is no. Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. How will you know, how will you know if someone's a false disciple or a false prophet? How will you know? By their fruits. You say, well, I don't want to judge anybody. Well, you better get into the habit of judging based on the word of God. Because if you go to Matthew 7, 1, go back to look at the first verse of 7, 1. What does it say? Judge not, lest you be judged by the same measure by which you judge. You use the word of God as your judgment tool, not to go out and say, what are you doing, what are you doing, what are you doing? It's not my job to look after you. But when you bring sin to the house of God, then, you, then you're brought into the family, and there's judgment for that. And individually, Paul tells, tells us to judge ourselves. Examine yourself. You, if you thought you had cancer or broken a bone, what would you do? You'd go have an x-ray. You'd go have a look into the body. And the same thing, that's what the, this is not a body x-ray. This is a spiritual x-ray that God says, listen, you examine yourself. Mary had to come to that place where she examined what she was doing. And what was she doing? I'm giving it all to the Lord. Martha had to be in on it as well. Because Martha would have definitely come out and said, but Lord, she's given you everything. They had heard Jesus when he raised their brother from the dead. I am the resurrection and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. They, they heard that. And they believed. And Lazarus, he just had a free a ticket to heaven for four days and a free ticket back. And Lazarus did die again later, right? He got to go again. But this time he was with Jesus. And he don't ever want to come home, right? Well, let's pray together. Father God, as we have this challenge before us to give our very best 
to you, our Lord and our Savior, our Master. Father, why do we hesitate? We know what's true. We can look at other people in the Bible and say, yeah, this is crazy. People, they should, if they would have done the right thing, well, you would have blessed them because you promised. You've told us today that we have the living God living inside each of us if we've professed you as our Lord and Savior. We've asked you to come in, and Lord, we've turned and we believe in the name of Jesus Christ. We've repented of our sins. We don't go back and repeat those sins. And Father, we humble ourselves before you. Yet, Lord, here we are. Yet another sermon, another Sunday, and many people still not giving their all to you, many not serving you, many think tomorrow or next week or the next time. Father, today's the day of salvation. That's what your word says. But Father, we also know heaven's real and hell is real. And we all have a destination appointment one day. Lord, help us. People that hear by social media, the people that are hearing today live, Help them know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Let today not pass until they break their hearts and fall before you and give their hearts and life to Jesus Christ. Lord, we ask this humbly in the name of Jesus and for his sake. Amen.